Hello, hello everyone. Can you all hear me? Hi. Hi. Hey, yeah. baby. Hey. Good hey, hello and good evening to all of you. Um, hi, hello everyone. Welcome to our panel today. Uh, I'm Vivi Lin. A very quick intro about myself. I'm a former TV personality and now a big advocate for Web3. And I'm also partnered of Autopress Network, which is a Web3 infrastructure that helps applications build app chains based on the near protocol. Now, very happy to host today's panel with all of you. It's a really a very timely, uh, timely topic, actually, as we can't really make Web3 happen without real use cases and applications. And I think the timing is very interesting right now uh, when almost everyone is talking about the bear market, right? But we're also seeing ice and fire in the crypto space. By ice, you know what I mean, you know, the intense sell-off of the markets, tumbling prices of tokens. But on the other hand, we also see global VCs pumping money at record high into crypto-related startups. Based on the data from um, Galaxy Digital Research, VCs have invested more than 10 billion US dollars in crypto startups during the first quarter of the year. So it really presents a very interesting picture for startups and investors when we look at the opportunities and challenges for Web3 applications. And we are very lucky to have one of the best investors and entrepreneurs in the Web3 space with us today to share their insights and help us make sense of all of this. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Merrick Fremont, CEO of Near Foundation. Hi, Merrick. Would you like to introduce a little bit more about yourself and then also the projects that you're working on, please? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, guys. Hi, Vivi. Thank you so much for, um, for, for, for having me here. So, yeah, so Marie Flamand, I'm the CEO of the NEAR Foundation. Uh, the NEAR Foundation is basically one of the many pebbles in the NEAR ecosystem. Uh, NEAR is a layer one protocol, um, fully sharded, proof of stake. Um, and so we focus on simplicity, scalability, security, and sustainability. Simplicity is simplicity for users, and I'm sure we'll come back to that because actually if we want to get to mass adoption, as you were talking in the intro, Vivi, actually, what we need is like simplicity for users, it's simplicity for developers, not only like developers who can do Rust and Solidity, right, but developers who can do JavaScript to really participate. So that's one of the focus and what the near protocol technology enables us to do. Uh, and then scalability, security, all of that is enabled by proof of, uh, proof of stake and actually how the network has been uh, developed and, and, uh, and coded. And last but not least, sustainability is extremely important if you want to create you know, the right world of tomorrow. Uh, we cannot not think about the carbon footprint of everything we do, not only like the energy that we consume, but also like as an ecosystem, what's, what's our footprint. So that's in a nutshell, as a foundation, we're here to help raise awareness. So we have, uh, we organize events, we have an education program. Uh, we are here to help support the ecosystem. So we provide grants from like very small grants to actually larger grants and larger deals. And I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, and last but not least, we work on governance and regulatory because the regulation landscape is changing quite a lot uh, in the space. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. 
Thank you, Merrick. Yep, definitely. I think um, we will come back to that definitely. And I think Near is really one of the most user-friendly layer one protocols out there. And and I I, I think um, we could dive deeper into how we can make the bridge to 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 for applications in Web three to face mass adoption. But I would like to also add. Um, to just introduce a little bit more about you. I think you have such an amazing uh, background and stories. I, I, I would like our viewers to know more about um, Merrick. Actually, she has a very extensive and diverse experience across many industries from luxury giants like um, LVMH of Louis Vuitton um, to Expedia's Hotel.com, Boston yeah, I mean, firm, I, to crypto, yeah. like Circle, right? So Circle is the... So basically, I, I would like to just like something worth mentioning. At Circle, Merrick basically left the team. Hey, hey, please, please mute, please. Um. Okay, sorry. Um. Portalverse, Portalverse, could you please mute? Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'll, I'll okay, pick up on what <laughs> with with talking about. Um, so. Merrick at, at Circle um, basically led the team and built from scratch a user base of over two million users in less than two years. So I think there's a lot of experience out there we could we could we could learn from, and also like something probably not super related to the topic today, but I think it's very important. Also, um, um, something that a course that close to my heart as well, and. And Merrick, you are an advocate for diversity and inclusion in finance and technology. So I think something I, I, I greatly admire and something, a, a vision that I share as well. So um, like under your leadership, Circle was the first fintech to sign HMT's Women in Finance Charter and achieve a 50-50 gender split in the sector. So I think that's something that very um, is, is very um, important to to kind of advocate for more diversity and inclusion. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and very nice to have you, Merrick. And okay, um, next let's welcome Eraser Lee, founding partner of 7X Ventures. Hi, Eraser. Would you like to introduce Hey, Vivi. Yeah. Yeah, Go sure. Thanks so much for having me here. And uh, hi, good evening and good day uh, to audience all, over, all, all across the world. So I'm the founding partner of Sennex Ventures, and you can call me Eraser, that's my nickname. Uh, so actually, Sennex uh, is a crypto fund uh, that's uh, focusing on uh, you know, early stage investments. We love original ideas, we love crazy people and crazy projects, and we, help, uh, we actually love to support them from the beginning. And uh, very proudly that we are also the uh, uh, Octopus Network's uh, you know, first round lead investor. And also, we are a huge supporter of the whole Near ecosystem. We invested in Near, uh, Aurora, and also Octopus, and several you know ecosystem projects also built on Near. So I'm a I'm a huge Near fan actually, and Octopus definitely. So basically, I'm here to actually you know support the whole ecosystem. We really want to build something together with the uh, entrepreneurs, and do not treat us only like a VC. We're also builders. We're also, you know, the company that actually want to work with you, uh, you know, with entrepreneurs together. And the value added we could bring to our portfolios, including tokenomics design. So I would say that I have, uh, you know, some background and uh, expertise in designing tokenomics. And also because, uh, you know, we actually have 
uh, although we are based in China, uh, we're based in Asia, uh, but we have a very global, you know, kind of network and the resources and uh, happy to actually, you know, contribute to any of the projects that build on Near and uh, Octopus to, you know, go to a kind of international success. And we do believe that Web3 has no borders. So that's why uh, we're having this, you know, kind of, you know, you know, very, very kind of diverse, diverse, uh, you know, groups actually joining this meeting, joining this Twitter space and also build on whether it's uh, Octopus or Near. So happy to be here and uh, really want to share some of my, you know, knowledge and experiences and uh, to the to the team, uh, to the uh, to the audience tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Eraser. I know that 7X is very, very active in, in the crypto space. And like you said, you know, it's not only just giving money, right, but also helping the teams to build and helping them to um, to make sense of the tokenomics and a lot of things, you know, like a lot of the um, the, the resources that, um, that that could really help um, crypto startups to make it in, in the Web3 space. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so next one, let's welcome um, Kim Zhao Wei, and Kim is the co-founder of Atocha Protocol. Hi, Kim. Hi, Vivi. Um, thanks for hosting. So, uh, so good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, uh, good evening everyone. Uh, I'm Kim from Atocha. So, very excited to be here and uh, to share with you some uh, info about Atocha and also uh, what we are currently doing. So for a start, um, let me just introduce uh, our startup in short. So we are a puzzle game app team that will be going live on Octopus Network tomorrow. So it will be a very exciting day as well. And then uh, we are also a proud recipient of uh, uh, Neil Grant. So thank you to Neil Foundation here and also Octopus Star Prize as well. So um, we do learn a lot uh, along our journey um, since last year, mid of last year, since we kickstarted uh, our project. And uh, our vision has always been the same, which is to inspire your curiosity through play to earn and also create to earn mechanism um, via puzzle game. So in short, uh, we are welcoming creators all around the world and also players that are fans of puzzle game. So when we mention puzzle game, it's like something like quiz, riddles, treasure hunting, and even social deduction game that um, can be hosted on Atucha. So that's where we can have fun and also earning rewards at the same time. Yep, so that's a short introduction about us and hope to share more uh, in the later q and Cool, yeah, thank you, Kim. I told you definitely, congrats. Um, and we would come back to that and, and to discuss more about um, about your project and, and your experience as well. Um, okay, so, um, Next, let's welcome George Howe, uh, Marketing Operations Manager at Sotel. Hi, George, are you here? Would you like to introduce a little bit more about yourself and your project, please? Yeah, hello, everyone. Hi everyone, good evening. Yeah, we could hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's all, it's all my great honor to be here. I'm George, the Marketing Operation Manager at Fosetal Protocol. Always been an active participant in the crypto world and been keen to explore the, the inflated possibilities of DeFi. 
and believe in the subversive nature of Web3. Uh, it, was, it was about two years ago when I started working on the digital market as a hobby and acquired some skills to explore the, the possibilities of DeFi. Uh, from my perspective, the native governance token is very unique extensive in the crypto world, so liquidity is very important. Just like what CZ indicated when he became the richest man in China last year. Uh, the valuation without liquidity is meaningless, very interesting and meaningful. Uh, for the financial market, liquidity will always dominate, so exchange and swap are indispensable, but the shortcomings of two makes it difficult for us to find a good balance to get the entry. Then found Hosota Protocol developed from 2020, the impressive DeFi summer. This is an innovative verifying protocol for order book-based matching systems that holds users' assist and verifies the matching transactions from off-chain centralized exchange services with October's application chain. FXDX is the first DEX backed by Hosota Protocol to prove the high performance. Our two rounds of test flights are over, but you are still welcome to experience it. Very silky. Uh, so that's all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, George. Yeah, we would like to know more about uh, Fusadao and, and also um, how, how, how uh, the decentralized um, exchange and the trend and, and how you, you could embrace um, more adoption. Okay, so last speaker, um, let's welcome Wei Lei, um, COO and co-founder of Hotovers. Hi, Wei. Are you there? Hello, can anyone hear Wei or or is? I think he's muted. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Um. I think. I think Potworks and another person. Um. Let's see. Because sometimes I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether it's our connection or the connection of the guest. Okay. I think Kinson. Kinson. Kinson is is coming up. Hey. Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, Hi, Kinsen. Yeah, Kinsen yeah, is also the co-founder yeah. of uh, Portovers. So, would you like to introduce a little bit more about yourself and also uh, Portovers? Uh, Go ahead. Sure. Um, yeah. Hey, hey. Uh, Wayne's side maybe has some problem with the, with his phone. Um, yeah. Let me introduce um, Portovers Network. Um, I'm the co-founder of Portovers Network. Portovers is building a decentralized cloud gaming network, enables everyone to enter open, immersive virtual worlds. AKA um, MMOs through the uh, metaverse as service infrastructure pro provided by us. Um, Porus facilitate uh, ordinary players to enter the immersive metaverse, which they truly own at any time from anywhere and on any device by establishing a community based 
uh, cloud native protocol uh, served as the infrastructure of the metaverse. And uh, we, we built with Substrate, and we're honored to be one of the option candidates um, on Octopus Network. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations. Um, Polovers just won the Octopus Accelerator Start Award uh, with the most votes and pre pretty much won the number one award and um, and also be became um, an AppTree candidate for Octopus Network. So uh, congratulations, and we would like to know more about um, about that, and, but we come back to that. So I think we'd like to, let's kick off the discussion. I'd like to just open um, open the session with, with a question about, since everybody's talking about Web3, right? So um, I would like to start from, from the investors, um, Merrick and, and um, Eraser. So, um, you know, we heard Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk um, previously have this huge debate um, they, by saying that, this, that they, they, they didn't see any real Web3 and only VCs making money out of the concept. Um, so I would like to ask you, what is your understanding of Web3? And, and do you agree with um, the rhetorics of, of Jeff Dorsey and Elon Musk? Uh, let's start from Merrick. Yeah, <clears throat> hi, it, yeah, it's, uh, indeed it's been a debate. I thought the debate was gone, you know. <laughs> but um, I, if you look at where capital is flowing today and, and how it used to be before when you were creating a startup or a project, um, especially pre-COVID, you had to go in-person and capital, although mostly available anywhere and everywhere, the reality is that you had to be in-person where it was, and most of that, uh, in particular from, from, from the U.S. perspective, was in San Francisco, for example. Now, with COVID, there's been an acceleration, which means that actually everything is now very virtual, and so you have more chance to participate uh, from, from project perspective. Now, in a Web3 world, there is no doubt that things are even more decentralized. I mean, we have great examples on this call, right? You can create a DAO, you can actually start with a DAO, decide where and how you want to invest and in what type of project. Um, so, you know, there is no, you know, no doubt from my perspective that uh, the investment and the funding is extremely decentralized and actually you, you can get funds from uh, anywhere in the world, wherever your project is at. So I think that's definitely uh, one trend one trend that we're seeing, which I think is extremely encouraging on that on that sense. And the other point I would add is actually when you look at um, the amount of capital and how capital in, in general flows to fund different things, uh, today there is so much capital that is actually, it's true in the hands of, of uh, venture capitals around the globe, right? Because it, it's just a matter of like where if, for folks who have money, where do they put that? Uh, do you put that in pension funds? Do you actually put that in bonds of governments? Uh, do you put that, you know, in treasury, or or where do you actually put that? Do you put that in a flat, or do you put that in into venture capital? So the reality of the space we're in, especially post-COVID, means that there is a huge amount of money uh, in venture capital. And now the other reality is that a huge amount of that money has been going into Web3. And I think rather than looking at it of saying is VC getting uh, getting richer, I think what we're seeing is that it's VC believing in Web3 and providing money in the ecosystem so that the ecosystem can actually attract the talent that it needs because we need a huge amount of talent to create all the things that we want. And basically with that, you can start having all the DAOs and the projects and the things that we're starting to see. So, you know, I, I think, you know, I appreciate you popping out and, and, and talking about that tweet, but I have a very different perspective. And from what we experience on a day-to-day -day basis, it's, it's just totally different. The world 
of investment today has nothing to do with the world it was definitely pre-COVID and definitely pre any of the of the Web3 that we're seeing. Interesting. I think that is really a good point. And and actually we see getting the money and the money would be you know channeled down to the startups. So I think that's important. And then it just reminds me that the you know the very latest news from A16Z, they just raised a record height of 4.5 billion crypto fund for Web3. Right. And and um, and I think that is like um, I, I think you, you said it very well. It started from people believing in Web3 and, and that is how the whole ecosystem could could really uh, could really thrive. And um, thank you, Merrick. So let's let's hear what um, Eraser. What do you think? Yeah. What's your take on this? So, yeah, I would say that I agree that Web3 is a concept. But that isn't that what the usage of concepts that is to describe something that is new and using a more like a short term actually to, to describe that, right? So Web3 is actually a very broad concept that consists of all different things like decentralization, like the like giving back the right to the people of their data right of their let's say their 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 currency their their possession of currency and also the computation the the, the whole network the whole internet uh, giving the right back to the people right and also about DAOs about maybe decentralized finance decentralized everything so basically if you explain all these you know terms to a normal people to a common a user of let's say so-called back to user they will be kind of okay what you guys are, are doing what, what what do you mean right so you just use the simple term web3 to actually describe this kind of a new thought and a new paradigm shift from like web2 to web3 right so i think it's a concept but uh, i don't care if it's called web3 or web4 or web5 or something three i, I don't care about it I, the only thing that i actually really care is uh, I, I'm actually a old-fashioned, you know, believer of decentralization. So basically, I think in Web3, or what, what we call Web3 today, everything needs to be at least uh, on a certain amount of, you know, to a certain content that everything needs to be decentralized. For example, the computation itself, for example, the data itself. And that's why I think the whole, I would say the magic of Web3 and the, the, the concept itself is bringing to the people. So, yeah, so basically about the VC thing, uh, actually, I'm a VC, right? And also, uh, you know, in the community or in the, you know, uh, you know a, a, a entrepreneurship, especially the entrepreneurship community or the token holder community, they always hated VCs. They always hate VCs. They think that VCs are evil. They grab all the money and they actually taking control of the whole community. But I don't think so. I, I think there's still a lot of good VCs that actually willing to devote to themselves uh, and all their you know knowledge, their experiences, and uh, of course their money to the whole paradigm shift of the whole Web three movement. So yeah, so basically I think I do accept that Web three is only a concept, uh, but it's a great concept, and it's not only VCs are making money from it. All the ordinary people, all the participants in the Web three movement are also making great, uh, you know. Uh, not only money, but also their 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 kind of other benefits. I mean, especially something you cannot enjoy in a Web two environment, like for example, your complete ownership of your personal data, your complete ownership of your especially money, right? So basically, 
I think it's a great concept. And uh, everybody, if you want to join in Web3, you've got to have the chance to earn money. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think obviously it starts from the concept and then people, like all of us here, are making it into reality and we're building it. And, and, and I think that is as why. And then also for, for myself, I think Web3, you, you said it very well that it's about ownership of your own data, about freedom, um, about the rights that, um, that we, we didn't have and something's missing in Web2. So I think when it comes to making things happen, you know, it's time to bring bring up our, uh, our entrepreneurs, the startups here um, on on the panel. Um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, Vivi. So I just want to add one more, uh, you know, sure. sentence to this. So uh, I know that everybody is actually really excited about this whole Web three thing, but we also need to watch some of the people actually are just waving this whole big. Why a Web3 flag and it, what they're doing is completely still a centralized thing. So I think we need to avoid those kind of situations that Web3 is only a meme, right? So so they're using this meme actually to fulfill their own personal kind of interest. So I think I'm I'm totally against that kind of thing. Yeah. And and, sure. and that's so true. I mean, if I can if I can chime on here. Um... I was at uh, I was at Davos, which some of you might be thinking boo, but actually it's always fascinating to see conferences of that of that level and what's happening. And you know, you had folks like Microsoft and Facebook and Accenture talking about metaverse and Web three. And I completely agree with with what Erika was talking about. It, it gets us thinking like, wait, hang on, what's going on? Like, this is not what it is about, right? So just wanted to share that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think pretty much. It's like a, a revolution, right? So obviously we need a bridge between Web 2 to Web 3, but and then some people, they are really just using the name of Web, web 3, but and then the, the way they do things is completely centralized and completely against the spirit of Web 3. <laughs> um, I, I think we're going to save it for another topic, but but yeah, definitely, we, we need to watch out for that. And so for the startups, and um, so I would like to ask, you know, like we have three startups here, they're all building something decentralized, decentralized um, cloud gaming platform, decentralized uh, gaming platform, infrastructure and decentralized exchange. So I would like to start uh, from, from Kim then, at, from Atocha. Um, so what do you think of this concept? And, and you are building something, this, you know, Web3 application, right? So from what ground do you think is fundamentally different than something in Web2, for example? Um, from me, from my own perspective, I would say uh, in terms of ownership of your own IP. So for my case, it's the IP of um, you creating the puzzle game is totally belongs to you. And it means that um, you can actually view it on any marketplace or even trade it and even lease it uh, with uh, the NFT capabilities that we have. So I think um, this um, ownership where you can actually tokenize it and then utilize it uh, in a way that you wanted to have rather than um, depending on any third parties or any platform and then you will get a big cut from even selling your IPs or even having some difficulties to reach out to the global market as uh, because of your know, some um, restrictions uh, in your local context. So I think um, this opens up a lot of opportunities for creators. Um, so that's why I think uh, for us, we are actually very focused on creator economy um, to em empower all the 
creators who are really into puzzle games. So I think um, this will be one of the infrastructure that can really help them to break through um, in terms of like geographical context and also um, even distributing the value of the puzzle game that can gather, for example, from sponsors or even from um, players' engagement. So all this, all this value that aggregates on top of the puzzle game can be distributed fairly to the participants. So I think um, Web3 is kind of like a tag that enables this to happen um, rather than just um, depending on the Web2 uh, platform where I don't really see that happening. So yeah, that's my take. Interesting. And I, I know that also um, for the creators of the, pos the puzzles and all this dumb um, puzzles could turn into an NFT, right? So, and then um, it could be, it's tradable and is loanable and just just a lot of, them, you know, new, new game changers um, in, in the space with the introduction of all these Web3 tools that, that were not available uh, compared to uh, the similar kind of puzzle games in, in, the, in the Web2 era. Yeah, I would say it's, it's somehow available. Web2 did have this kind of infrastructure, but um, you need to, like, as a creator, you need to depend on the platform, on the Web2 platform, but you can't do it, like, fully owned by yourself. So yeah. that has... Yeah, that's some, the game. Yeah. Exactly. And the property rights is different. And then also, um, it's restricted, mostly restricted to one platform because it's all centralized and you don't have the interoperability and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. Yep. Um, so let, let's hear what... Um, what Fuso Tao. Um, hi, George. Would, would you like to share your, your insight on this? And so the same question that I asked Kim, um, you are building this um, decentralized um, exchange yes, yes. infrastructure, right? So um, to, 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 to what extent and what in what ground do you think is, is like something fundamental? What is something fundamental um, different than um, your counterpart in, in Web2? And also, obviously, what is your understanding of Web3? Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. Uh, from my perspective, I really have high expectations for Web3. This is related to the subjective of the individual, whether you believe it or not, just like the consensus, uh, consensus we call when everyone believes that this time Web3 will come, I, I believe. Uh, this is like, uh, like the concept that Vivi mentioned. And the blockchain has two important characteristics, the openness and the decentralization, which is highly consistent with the concept of Web3. Your own your information and the wealth of your information is yours. Uh, so, I, so I really love the concept of uh, the Mary mentioned. These features take Web3 to a high level, which is a point that Web3 is difficult to achieve. Since Web2 is a lack of, lack of monopoly, fortunately, Web3 is such a key. It's normal for someone to make money in the progress, but it will surely be unlocked. We have seen many innovative ideas by now, such as algorithmic stablecoins. Sorry, I'm, I'm not talking about that Lula boy. The, the grounds for building a Web3 application are from users' perspective. So, so taking taking Fosota as an example, Fosota Protocol was founded by uh, founded by providing 
a user-friendly solution for liquidity without violating the decentralization spirit of, uh, of blockchain. High efficiency, high security, low gas fees. This is what, why, what we want to provide. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you, George. I, yeah, I, I think um, you make a really good point that um, I think the the essence eventually at the end of the day it's it's um it's about the users. It's about how you can create unique value for the users, and and so no matter is Web two or Web three, Web three just make it even more like for, for the users to 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 enjoy um, the the rights and the freedom and and everything that is missing. From Web two, and yes, yes. yeah, Kinson, what what what's your take on this? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, when we start uh, start founding uh, the Portaverse network, we we just because I'm, I'm I'm the uh, uh, Elon Musk is my role model, uh, so I, uh, we apply the first first principle of of thought. You know, to finish the real per Web three paradigm shift, um, I think we, I think founders should focus just more on the needs that can be fulfilled or fulfilled well in the, it cannot be fulfilled or fulfilled well in Web two way. Because I because uh, in uh, only in this way we we utilize the purpose driven uh, uh, mechanism to solve the problem that we uh, face in in Web two cloud gaming, and to put this in a bigger picture. And the reason being, at the time when when, when they commented, when when you know Lee Musk with Jack Dorsey and uh, Cathy Wood, when they commented, we only have had projects like DeFi, this early infrastructure that that are a uh, little too focused on in crypto field only. So that VCs come in with early bad benefits, most of it. Uh, no application in crypto field has shown potential reaching out to millions of you know billions of uh, Web two users. And Web3 is a, a quantified value of protocols or the products built upon them should be distributed not only to users, but all relevant stakeholders in the ecosystem. And um, to the VCs, I think uh, the VCs, um, you know, this word may be too harsh, but true, you know, most VCs uh, in Web2, uh, Web3 fields, they, they tend to be a follower, not the leaders. But you know, a few VCs like A16Z, they dare to lead the change. Uh, I think it's a it's a good way, but you know, some may see them as a as a evil, but they dare to to make the changes. Um, but uh, you know, the future, uh, we cannot you know looking um, looking for looking backward. We we can we kind of we can just looking backwards and connecting the dots. Um, we just make the changes uh, using our own for force and vision and to continue um, building things um, to reach the future that we uh, dreamed of. Yeah, that's my thoughts. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, I think definitely um, they are, well, just just generalizing a little bit, obviously they are the visionaries who see things in, 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 in ahead of most people and they are the leaders and they see the opportunities, yeah. they back up, they back uh, the, the startups be long before a lot of people uh, realize the value. But of, obviously there are some investors or VCs and, and they are followers like, uh, like Kinson said, and, and they basically 
chase the, the profit, right? So especially in the crypto space and then the, the cycle is much shorter. And, and some funds are very patient, like, like Neo Foundation and, you know, very early stage and they, 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 they back startups who are, who are at, at, at very early stages and, and, and give them a, a lot of resources and, and, and 7X as well. But like some crypto funds, they really want to like money in, money out. So they want to, they, they are yeah. in there to make a profit. So obviously there are um, different types of um, investors out there. So for, for entrepreneurs, when startups and when you receive funding and when you choose, uh, choose when you choose your investors, obviously you need to to kind of be able to tell um, who 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 would you like to um, get the funding from. And mm-hmm. I think probably we we'll get to that topic a little bit later. But I think uh, cool. yeah yeah. So we come back to like the, the topic of today um, about adoption, right? So obviously been a huge challenge for Web three and crypto, and a lot of the adoptions or use cases are in financial. Um, applications, right? So, but and then, even even so, like Vitalik just had this speech um, in East Shanghai event, and he made this speech, and then he said, you know, but he he been saying this for a long time, you know, we can't, we need more non-financial applications, real use cases. You can't be like do everything just on the financial games, and it became a Ponzi Ponzi scheme, right? So we need real applications, like like a lot of things that you guys are building infrastructures, and and there's so many more. Um, so I would like to just hear from all of you, what do you think are the fundamental reasons behind the lack of, or the challenges uh, of um, lack of adoption in Web3 and crypto? Um, and basically, what are the main challenges for adoption? And how about the opportunities? Um, let, let's, let's hear from uh, Merrick first. Yeah, sure. I think, so ultimately, we're still very much in a build phase, right? Because when you, when you hear also what we talk about, we tend to talk still a lot about like the technology, what it does, what it can change and so on and so forth. The reality is that for mass adoption, at the end of the day, uh, the end consumer doesn't care, right? So it needs to solve something and do something differently. And that's when you can really have truly mass adoption. Um, on near, we're starting to see some stuff that's extremely uh, exciting. So there's a whole movement of do something to earn, right? So move to earn, learn to earn, watch to earn. So th- there is a whole movement of things like that. For example, um, we, we've started partnering with Sweatcoin, which has over now, I think it's 70 million users in the world. And the idea is that you walk, you get sweat tokens. Now that was an app that was absolutely not Web3. They were completely Web2 and now they're transitioning to becoming Web3, which has its own challenges, right? But they're they're doing that and therefore they're becoming one of the fastest on ramp um, for for Web2 to Web3 in the world. And they're doing that on Near, which is pretty awesome. And then we have, for example, again, on Near, we have Learn Near Club. Uh, it's, it's flipping on its head the, the concept of learning, right? So you learn, you earn. I think that's that's pretty cool. And then other examples, and I think actually uh, the, the Ukraine war is an absolutely dramatic event. And what we've seen from a community perspective and from a crypto world perspective is the ability to come together and to actually leverage uh, and the, the power of technology and, for example, creation of DAOs to create in less than two hours an NGO and to completely fundamentally shift the way uh, we have transparency into where the funds come from and where they're going and what they're doing, right? So I think there are some of these use cases that are coming. Um, in every society, though, um, one of the first fundamental things is actually money, right? So the, the part you were talking about, it, it kind of historically, historically makes sense, right? The first use case is for an economy to work, you need money. Once you have money, you can do like 
lending, you can do saving, you can start, you know, doing things. And that's what we've seen with DeFi. Now that that block is, you know, in place and actually quite advanced, we have possibility to start doing other things, which actually are the next step within an economy, for example, uh, do something to earn and, and the use cases I've been talking about. So I'm actually quite optimistic. You know, when I was at um, uh, and you mentioned circle earlier, but one of my one of my frustration within that was actually that was the fact we were talking about this tokenization of everything and the world was going to change, but the technology back then was not there to do that. And today, with with technology like like near, you have the usability, right? So you can start really putting again apps like for example Swipecoin on a near purple. That's something that was not possible until not that long ago, right? So it's it's also linked to like what's available to really have true usability uh, to bring these use cases to to life interesting i think uh, definitely like x to earn to x to earn uh, has become like a very popular concept right learn to earn play to earn walk to sports to earn and, and all that and i think um I, i've been talking to um quite some investors and and, and startups um lately and i have this um this feeling that you know, Web two is not all wrong, right, or all bad, and and to to really have um, like a real to see real use cases in Web three and everything, we need to embrace more users from from Web two. So I think that is like really how to make the transition between Web two to Web three is really uh, important. So um, like like Merrick just said, you know the Right now, the technology is much more advanced. The uh, the usability and, and everything, scalability, and the technology is is getting there in 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 terms of infrastructure in 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 a lot of ways. And so, what um, I would like to like just follow up with with Marik and and at Circle Circle, for example, you had um, reached a huge success to grow the use space. And could you just share with us some of the 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 advice or tips there, you know, like in, in terms of now with the technology uh, right now at this stage and, and for startups um, out there, what what do you think they could um, they could learn to, to pick on uh, your experience? And uh, yeah, could you share some advice uh, with us? Yeah, that's that's a fantastic, that's an amazing question because here's one of the things I see most often in the space when we talk to like the, you know, hundreds of entrepreneurs and startups and projects that we see very often the teams are building amazing technology like phenomenal technology and they're building great great things right but we tend to forget about who is the user and what's the problem that it's solving and when i ask that to you know most most companies that we we look for i'm like okay so who's your customer what problem are you solving and if you if you don't have that answer super super quick there is no way you can figure out your go-to-market and go to market in Web3 certainly is different from Web2, but actually the fundamental of understanding who's your customer, what's the problem you're solving, is the primary question you ask yourself to then say, okay, if I know that, then where is my customer? Where am I gonna go to help my customer? What, what, how is my customer thinking so that then I can actually be where they are so that they understand the problem that I solve and I add value to them? And that's a thinking that is not enough in Web3. And I think that's actually why some of the amazing projects that we see sometimes fail because they don't have that mindset of basics, just like, you know, who's my customer? What problem does it solve? And therefore, like, where do I find my niche of folks who are just going to love it so much 
So they're going to use it and then they'll start spreading the word with their, you know, friends or other users and so on and so forth. So I would, yeah, thanks for asking that question. That, that's one of the pain points we see most in the ecosystem. Thank you so much, Merrick. I, I really, I, I would like to echo on that as well. I think there's something that when you hear about it, you think that it's so fundamental, so basic, right? But, and then when you talk to the teams and everything, and I sometimes I talk with them from the, the point of storytelling and helping them with the messaging. And I found the same way I asked, you know, like they're very into their technical details and advancements and all that, but and then come back to the fundamentals. Who are your target audience and what problems are you solving, right? So a lot of things are, you need to zoom out to the bigger picture and the fundamentals and a lot of those teams and, and especially they're like um, very technical driven um, teams, they tend to kind of forget. And so I, I think that's really a good advice out there. Thank you. Um, Eraser, what do you think? What, what, what do you think are the yeah. challenges yeah, and, and opportunities uh, out there? Yeah, yeah I, I think that uh, like, uh, if you look at the history, every kind of paradigm shift or major technology change actually needs a very long period actually to get the mass adoption. For example, everybody you know, remember the, like Bill Gates once went on a tele television show and uh, you know with a uh, with a talk show host and uh, the host asked him about the difference between internet and the radio and television, right? So it seems like right now it's ridiculous, but back then people actually just think that internet itself is just a a new thing or, or a new word invented by the VCs or by those you know cool people. It, that's that, 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 that's it, right? So basically, I think right now the whole Web three thing. Uh, if you ask, let's say, um, mass people or people who actually are you know uh, you know still using the the whole Web Web two kind of product. And uh, you you explain to them about the Web three thing. They they will say, okay, it's just another you know concept like we we have in the first you know uh, question, right? So basically, I think we need to be more patient uh, for the mass to understand and realize how important it is to have your have decentralization and have your rights of data, rights of computation. Like I said, so basically, I think there is two different and there are two different strengths strengths that actually help people to do a kind of paradigm shift. First one is a pulling strength, and second one is a pushing strength. The pulling strength is it's kind of like, for example, I don't blame the money-making effect from DeFi, because that's the first thing people can be pulled from an old paradigm to a new paradigm, because there's a lot of money there. We need to earn the money, right? So, and the whole America is built on the gold rush, right? So I think, I think it's, it's fair to let the first movers actually earn what they, uh, because they are brave, because they actually want to try out the new things and try to, you know, you know, you know, take the risk, right? And uh, we're waiting actually for another kind of strength that is the pushing strength. So when the mass, when the people actually understand that, more and more things uh, that is that will not make him make them comfortable will happen in the web two. For example, your personal data loss, or your privacy cannot be preserved by you know Facebook or some other you know evil internet giants. So they gotta realize step by step. Okay, maybe I have better solution that can help me to you know control my rights, control my my data, or I have other better solutions that help me to avoid all these kind of different, you know, terrible things that happen on the 
of the traditional web two thing. And so, yeah, I, I have to say that we have to be patient a little bit. Uh, you know, talking, I think talking about the mass adoption of Web3 right now is still a little bit early. And another thing that another pulling strength from like pull people out of Web2 is there's still not enough interesting content on the Web3, right? So that's why we are looking at all these new uh, you know, business models, different, uh, you know, ways of uh, distributing new content on Web3, for example, Web3 music, Web3, you know, art, for example, NFTs, right? So basically, I mean, if, let's say, more talented people coming through the border of Web2 to Web3, and uh, there will be a rich content here, like, rooted and originally from Web3, I think there will be more people be attracted by uh, by this and coming di directly from Web2. So basically, I think we're still in a very early stage. Uh, we have to be patient, and uh, we are here to actually create create those kind of strengths to help people out from Web2. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I also remember watching that uh, talk show uh, with Bill Gates, and I think it's with David Letterman's show or something. Yeah, it, it's, it's very interesting when um, that was about really the beginning of Web2, right? So he talked about all this internet and then everything, and um, it does have... Um, a lot of resemblance to um, to Web three. So um, we are at early stages, and and we need to keep an open mind. And also, um, so that's why what we're doing here. You know, we are actually also discussing and educate more people about what Web three is, and to also um, kind of reinforce that confidence um, and and faith in the things that we are doing. Um, so when it comes to to startups, I would like to um, ask the three startups here, um, starting from Atocha. So what, um, what, do you, what do you see when, when you're working in your project? Um, what, what is one of the, tell us some of the major challenges uh, facing ad adoption um, in your case, and how do you cope with them? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I think um, what we actually observed is that uh, in terms of Accessibility are the mass, uh, like the non-technical person who are not really familiar with Web3. Uh, they tend to have certain obstacles, like technical obstacles to really access to the wallets, to set up the wallets. So I would say in terms of the front end of uh, accessing and also maneuvering uh, of Web3, um, it's needed to be improved a lot. So just like, for example, uh, like, the game Wordle, puzzle game Wordle, which is quite popular lately, um, is simple and not complicated. So anyone can actually like access to the website and then just play it, and then there's like a result in the end. But then uh, if it's like a Web3 kind of Wordle, then you may need to have extra steps where you need to set up MetaMask, for example, then you need to like, uh, buy some tokens, which is native to, uh, native tokens. And then uh, there's a lot of extra um, actions that you need to take in order to play the game. But in Web2 world, you just need to access the website and just, and then just play it. So I think that part uh, really um, create an obstacles um, for the players and also the mass adoption. And that's what we are actually trying to solve also um, through like um, integrating Web2 games uh, with our own protocol. Um, so 
I would say rewards should be like claim, but uh, as in how it can be distributed to the players or um, the mass, the users, uh, it is really, um, it's really like depending on our innovation. So uh, a good example that I see is that, uh, for example, like game guilds like YGG, that they helped onboard uh, the mass while handling uh, more technical maneuver, like claiming the rewards and then uh, distributing um, back to the participants. So I think this model um, could be a good example for us. And also like um, onboarding players and also creators where they are not really, um, um, how to say, uh, familiar with Web3. And then uh, we can actually like get them familiar and also educate them while we are helping them to like getting the rewards at the same time. So they don't need to be that stressed and then they can actually participate. So I think um, that's the one of the crucial part uh, for adoption. Interesting. Yeah, I think um, from from what Kim said, you know, like Web3 application games and everything, you know, like it, user experience is still for users, they don't, you know, like a lot of users, they don't really care it's Web2 or Web3, right? So they just want to see whether the app is, is good to use, um, is convenient for them to use and can really develop values for them. So if you can combine a Web2 experience with a Web3 um, functionality, like all this ownership of data and all that, and that will be perfect. And I, I think also that is um, probably why um, you, 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 all the, you know, three of the, the startups here also build on other persons, like build an app chain. So you have like a dedicated blockchain for your application and which means you could customize all these functionalities and make it uh, to have like a, the, the best use, use experience for the users. I think probably that is also one of the, um, the important factor in terms of um, infrastructure as well. And let's go to George. And would, would you like to share um, some of the experiences that you have in, in, in terms of challenges facing adoption and how you cope with them? Yes, the, the adoption is truly uh, obstacle for bridging, bridging the Web2 users. It is always difficult to adopt a new concept, not to mention that under the macro pressure of certain national policies, it is not friendly to crypto, which is really difficult. But when it's widely known, we'll see a burst of growth. Uh, we see that opportunities always exist. And both, uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, Singapore and uh, Japan have certain policies for Web3 talents recently. Hope Hope this will be the trade. Um, and uh, and as for Fosotao is doing its best to be simple user-friendly user decks, which is what, uh, what we want to, uh, what we want to build. Uh, for some, the, the transition to Web3 will be, will be a drastic and a sudden change. I think there needs to, to be some Web2 services everyday life, gradually guiding people to understand the web, web stream more. In, uh, the infrastructure of, of life is gradually supplemented by Bitcoin and blockchain services, bridging the world to web stream in a way that, that many people want to notice. 
crypto payment systems that have emerged on Web2 platforms such as such as PayPal and Square are probably the best loan. Added, added uh, Ethereum wallet verification to Twitter and imported NFT PFP. Hope to see the hope to see the, uh, see the change of the daily life. Uh, yes, with with crypto we can uh, the Web2 can make growth little by little. Um, so. Uh, Web3 is aiming to fix the problem that Web2 is 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 fighting with by leveraging the power of blockchain technology. Uh, the Web3 is imagined as as a decentralized version of the internet where entities like Facebook, maybe I should call maybe I should call it it Meta, and Google will no longer hold all of the power. Um, uh, Fosota, Fosota protocol is doing its best now to to provide the uh, the user friendly DEX. Yeah, you can you can you can experience it uh, as you as you as you did in the centralized exchange. Uh, this is what we what we want to build. Yeah, so that's all. Thank you. Thank you, George. Yes, I think just to keep it. Um as easy to use as possible for for data uh, for users, and then obviously you have all this uh, decentralized functionality for your exchange. And um, okay, uh, Kinson, how about you? How how does Portalverse um, cope with the adoption challenge, and what are those challenges for you? Okay, um, first I want to echo uh, Marek uh, said. Yeah, uh, uh, Web three application need to solve the need. You know. The, the need is not uh, coming from nowhere. Um, we have to f fulfill users' need. Uh, only the earnings need uh, is not enough to you know to uh, reach the mass adoption uh, of the crypto. You you need to use utilize the crypto incentive or blockchain technology to real uh, uh, change something or fulfill the user's need to finish the real web three um, paradigm shift and. Uh, uh, second, I want to uh, echo uh, a reason's uh, uh, stamp of point, you know, views point. point. Uh, you know, we are too early. Uh, that's why the biggest uh, Web3 application today is uh, Exchange. And uh, now, also, uh, a third, you know, it's a uh, why there's a, a, a big gap uh, between the mass adoption. I think uh, today's Web3 applications user experience or UX is uh, is sucks by then web two application um, and you have to to polish more and to develop for uh, develop uh, more on that to focus more on that and although crypto uh, market cap uh, skyrocket to one trillion uh, this cycle uh, uh, many projects have uh, emerged uh, as DeFi NFT project is to have high threshold for ordinary people to enter and simply creating uh, one's own uh, wallet address is is trouble for many users, and a few applications in, uh, in today's crypto field has shown potential reaching out to million or uh, billions of users beyond 
beyond the crypto space. But we have come and say money have uh, has flooded into project with great content, uh, easy for Web3 users to appreciate, like uh, GameFi focusing on more on high quality games. Um, you know, next trend maybe you know, uh, uh, Web3 uh, uh, games, you know, next generation games, uh, we think is uh, play and earn. Um, so not only solving the uh, spiritual need of, uh, of players, but, but earnings need. Um, I would say uh, this is a turning point where uh, where Web three users and Web three project project need. Um, we are pretty sure next uh, bull market will be huge with user adoption in more diverse applications, and um, and and, and Porvers, uh, uh we utilize the uh, crypto incentive to because because uh, cloud gaming is uh, uh, is tend to uh, reach millions of uh, to to reach a mass adoption, it's a five G application, and uh, but uh, there's a problem in when I co-founding uh, uh, co-founding a centralized cloud gaming platform. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, before uh, we 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 saw some problems like heavy assets. Uh, it's like uh, Helium's. Uh, yeah, like Helium's, you need to um, allocate uh, many uh, physical server. Uh, across the globe uh, to uh, fulfill the user's uh, demand. Uh, the user's demand is huge. As we, uh, you know, users, when, when I running the uh, the platform, um, the users are, are quite uh, in the line to, to wait for the uh, to service, but we have limited supply. Uh, so we utilize the crypto incentive uh, in part of, on Portiverse to inc uh, first incentivize um, uh, service provider like uh, the miners to provide their uh, gaming PC or virtualized uh, server to um, providing this uh, the service. Uh, developers can um, you know uh, build games, not only the Web two games but also uh, you know uh, Web two Web three triple uh, A level game like Star Atlas and Luvium, and uh, also the, the 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 native games that we uh, incubated. A pretty, uh, pretty good game like uh, uh, called uh, a base world, um, like like this. Um, you know, th th that's a way that we can finish uh, the supply end um, to solve the uh, demand end, because uh, we have to, uh, already uh, fulfilled the go to market. Uh, there's a need there, and we have to, you know, reach a co uh, co build uh, uh, system. Um, to let it uh, to 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 a bigger picture of metaverse at the um, backbone uh, infrastructure. Thank you, Th thank you, thank you, thank you, Kinsen. Um, I, I think that's such an interesting topic, and all the panelists, all the speakers here are so interesting. But unfortunately, we are running out of time, so oh. we are going to to um, to the, our last questions, and and so just very quickly, as we are obviously, I think I think a lot of uh, People in the audience wanted to know this as well. Uh, I, I got uh, I, I got a lot of people asking me to to really ask these questions as we are entering in the bear market. As mentioned earlier, uh, Accessing Z actually um, raised this huge fund to support startups, and they think that uh, th they're basically saying that uh, bear markets are the best time to invest. Um, and then they 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 are insuring th their portfolios and startups to 
to really focus on building, not to be distracted. And so in this environment, I would like to hear from all of you, like investors and, and startups. And, and so from investors, what are the um, advice that you, you would like to give to the builders out there who are building Web3 applications? And, and um, how, what are your advice for them to weather this crypto winter? And for startups, and what are your strategies to, to kind of um, survive or thrive in, in, in obviously in the bear markets? And, and some say it could last from six months to two years. So I would just like to um, ask your insights about um, this question. And very quickly, so we, we, um, the, it's the last question that before we wrap up this session. Marik, start from you. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Look, um, starting with with the obvious, but near was started in 2018 uh, and at the bottom of the last bear market. So, you know, great product R&D created in bear market. Um, the second thing I would say is focus again on the customer and building good stuff and thinking through what are the problems that you're solving. I think that's always the best the best possible advice. And what you've said really so true, like the capital is there. Whether it's A sixteen Z, whether it's actually, for example, near foundation, you know, it's it's close to five, half a billion dollar that has been raised, um, and so the capital is there, and the capital will be deployed. The capital has to be deployed, um, but I think we we have a unique opportunity to rather than being distracted, because honestly, it's a distraction to think about like is the price going up and down, and I don't I don't check it actually. Honestly, I'm not interested in that because I'm interested in building the future. So. Let's do that. Build the future. The capital is there, and amazing things such as, for example, near protocol can be built in in a bear market. That's super great. Yeah, and just like echoing on what Merrick has been saying, um, near foundation earlier this year raised one hundred fifty million U.S. dollars to support Web three adoption. So um, the money's there. Um, if you are really building a great applications with solving the real problems you don't need to just shut just shut down the noises from the secondary markets and just focus on building and the money's there you can always if you're building something good you can there's always a way for you to to get funding so that you could focus on building the stuff and and i, I think that is really a con a confidence booster thank you so much and eraser your turn please yeah so my suggestion, uh, especially to the entrepreneurs, is never underestimate the power of bear. Market. So. Uh, be desperate. Experience all the last two circles of bearish and uh, bullish market. So it will be desperate. It will be desperate, but prepare for desperation. And also, market and uh, like 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 Marik and Vivi uh, said that ignore all the all the other uh, noises. And from myself, from ourselves, uh, like Seven X, we actually will become in the winter because I think that's a great time for us to actually help the entrepreneurs and we already start uh, we, we, we are about to start our fund three and uh, the good news is that capital already flow in uh, for fund three to actually becomes like we could continuously support the uh, you know entrepreneurs during the winter so basically my suggestion is uh, be prepared 
for desperation because there's still a lot of good guys, a lot of supporters in this market. If you are really talented, uh, you will be able to find, you know, any kinds of funding uh, from the VCs. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Erase it. Yeah. So I think for mentally and everything prepare for for the tough times, but don't lose your confidence and don't lose your faith. And um, Kim, I told you, go ahead, your turn. Yeah, sure. Um, I very much uh, agree with Marky and also Eraser where we really need to be firm in building and also be confident as even bear market can be somehow an opportunity for us as well because of lesser noise and then competition will become even lesser because of um, the bear market uh, clearing up um, a lot of players. So um, that's a good starting point for us, to be honest, because of uh, we are new and then um, we are providing services to uh, different clients. So I would say is a good point where we can have a fresh start. Um, so I would say um, our initial plan is still the same. We are getting to get the product market fit and then we are positioning Atochar as like a gamification of marketing solution. So um, we can really engage with different brands and companies uh, where they are looking for uh, a new way of marketing like uh, through Pazodim. So that's how our mechanism will work. Uh, and then this is like a, a most um, easily executed uh, solution and also a pro product that we can launch to the market and then um, to really generate revenue for the project and also to um, produce the uh, positive loop of uh, the Atocha protocol. So um, that's how we want to really bear through the bear market. And then, yeah, I think I think lastly is um, to have a very clear um, financial uh, structuring to have a, um, a good one to two years of runway where we can really uh, do something, but uh, at the same time surviving through uh, this uh, winter. Thank you, thank you. Great, yeah, to, to seek multiple cash flow and to be efficiency, to be efficient uh, in, in, in terms of spending. And that's the way to go. Thank you, Kim. Um, George, go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the differences in terms of funding environments and the secondary markets are, are different, definitely. The difference is huge. The bear market is when startups worked hard and explore, and the bull market is when we harvest. The hustle and the bustle secondary markets tell us that we we should seek our heart to focus on focus on our products and the communities as well as uh, uh, yeah, this is as well as the uh, opportunities of web of web three. To be honest, uh, the the hustle market had some impact on us and made our community members have more concerns. So our so our minute lunch and uh, ideal time were were postponed. However, Osota has been keeping it going, and recently we established with with Portverse uh, friendly and uh, cooperative relations. Bear markets are are good time for us to be patient and uh, seeking to the community. Uh, recently, our up to up to ten sub communities have made good progress. Focusing on the community allows us to get more needs from the community so that Hosota can launch more perfect products along with after 
wallets on the mainnet. Great. Thank you, George. Kinson, go ahead, please. Yeah. Uh, we all know the winter is coming, but um, funny to say, uh, uh, I'm born in winter. I'm born in, uh, in February. And uh, my last uh, startup, which is Deuronium, but we founded in 2019, which is already a winter. Uh, uh, in in China's uh, you know entrepreneurship uh, environment, um, yeah. But for the but but for this for the for this round for the first uh, C round, uh, we we opened it pretty pretty late, you know, in first of May. Uh, but we are lucky to uh, get some uh, location fulfilled. Uh, uh, is is a good amount of money. Uh, but we should um, uh, come. To save the money first, uh, I think the, uh, the fundraise will, will slow slow down a bit for all project, but uh, project, but uh, a great opportunity for uh, solid project uh, standing out, because uh, uh, it will be a two ways uh, selection for both investors uh, uh, with foresight and funders with dreams. Our, our vision is long term, the mission is big, so we'll be focusing on sh on shipping our products, uh, builders, and. Eventually, pitching to lead capitals uh, like XXZ. Um, yeah, yeah, they have greater capitals to locate uh, uh, in beer market. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think really great products are born out of uh, bear markets, and and so everyone out there just really have confidence and keep building. Uh, but obviously, uh, watch your cash flow and be efficient in spending. And thank you so much. Um, for all the speakers, for your sharings, and for uh, the audience. And now I know that we're running out of time. And and um, thank you again for all the, for, for our all speakers. They are super busy, but they, they still take out time. So we're gonna open our floor for for five minutes. And um, for so we're gonna take questions. We see that um, there's already some um, a lot of hands raised. So we go with the queue. And so we invite Simon. To come up and please just introduce yourself a little bit and, and, and share your insight or answer question. We have all together five minutes. I have a question for Marek. Am, am I audible right now? Working on that three. But, uh, you know, we can put it through scalable uh, perspective, right? Uh, let's take an example. Simon? Uh, okay. Uh, He's going ahead first. Okay, I'll go ahead. Uh, is that okay, Mark? Uh, yeah. Okay. We, Whoever comes up, goes ahead, go, go ahead, please. Okay, I have a question for Marike. So I'm uh, with Unique One Network. Uh, we're building on Near Protocol as well as Octopus Network. And uh, I've seen a lot of projects die because they're very innovative. However, for lack of funding and auditing, which is quite expensive. So how is uh, Near Foundation helping out to reach such people or even Octopus for that matter, Octopus Network? So I just wanted to uh, need a little bit. Uh, okay, I think this question is for Marek. Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, what I'm hearing is uh, projects failing because lack of funding and lack of auditing. Uh, look, one thing actually is that, you know, as a, as a foundation, we do, we do help, but we can't do everything for everybody. And so as entrepreneurs, uh, it's also, you know, your responsibility to make sure that you know your projects are understood and they can have the fund that is needed and so on and so forth right but i would say we are actually very open uh, as a community and listening so uh, 
yeah, we try to help as much as we can. It's just teams are limited. Our resources are so limited, you know. So we can't, we can't do everything for everybody. And just to put things in perspective, there are over, you know, 600. We can't even catch up anymore the number of projects that are existing on near. Um, and so it's, it's continuously growing and growing and growing, right? But I think uh, also help you uh, like lean on the rest of the community. Sorry if it's not, doesn't sound like, sorry, can't do your job for you. <laughs> No, 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 it's cool. I just wanted to hear, you yeah, know, for everybody, so. I think, yeah, they, startups, you need to just find ways to, to, to reach out and find your VCs, definitely. That is your job. And, um, okay, next one. Thank you, Merrick. Okay, thank, thank you. Hi, guys. Um, you for the question. Also, thank you um, for, you for the question. Next one. Hi, can you hear me? Hi. Uh, this is Simon here. Is it? Uh, can I speak, or, or are you ready for, for that? That was it, Harry. <laughs> uh, can this is Simon here from Bitchens? Can you? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we we can hear you. Go for it. I think we have two okay. minutes left. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. This, this probably comment would, would have fitted in much earlier on in in the discussion. But one of the things I just wanted to say is that there this in a kind of taxonomic sense that the term Web3 is a little bit problematic because it it, it, it is the, the true applications that are being built that are decentralized are, are kind of orthogonal to the web. The web is a very early layer on top of the internet. And so the, the term Web3 can be quite misleading. And uh, so one of the, you could really actually better describe it as P2P2 or something like that. It's another version of P2P. Uh, Bit, um, Bitcoin, for instance, is nothing to do with the web. And a lot of the protocols that are like BitTorrent, et cetera, have nothing to do with the web. Um, but they all need the web um, to actually meet the community. So one of the things I would the really obvious thing, to put it simply, is Web3 needs, or what you are calling Web3, needs Web2. It's all sitting on Web2. MetaMask sits on Web2. So in actual fact, I, I actually really believe that the, the term Web3 is problematic because it, 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 it is hanging on to, an, to, a, to a very old term, which is the web, which is you know, now 15 years old. Um, but it's not as if we can change that because the, the community tends to grab onto memes like that, like Web3, and it's almost impossible now to change it. The other second point is that everyone seems to be on so-called Web3 at building layer one and layer two protocols. So there is a plethora of layer, so-called layer one protocols being built on so-called web two. And that's a problem because there's a massive fragmentation going on. And that fragmentation means that most of the general populace have no idea, but they're all of these web, all of these uh, layer one and then with layer two protocols on, on top of them, all just are all uh, jostling for market share or buy-in. Um, you can look at what CKB is doing in, in China, for instance, it's fantastic, but they just a very small player with so many other players in the, in the layer one, layer two area. But from a taxonomic kind of point of view, it's it's got nothing to do with the web. This is much closely, much more closely aligned with P2P than it is to do with the web. So I think those kind of things is kind of worth pondering on. That's all that I have to say. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, sorry, please. 
خب حالا اسپیک نو یا پلیس یا آی ایو کوشن فور دی اوستیا ا لیت می واچ ایت کویک وان یو نو ویت دی انوویشن اف ویب تیوری یا users users can do whatever they want and they will go scot free users um of recent cyber crime has increased and yeah so much so much jumbo jungle out there yeah um is there perhaps any plan on web theory innovations at curbing cyber crimes at re- reducing cyber crimes and stopping cyber crimes due to the fact that web theory is decentralized and cannot be monitored and the likes is there a plan to effectively combat cyber crimes out of the web theory space yeah i'm professor tao yeah 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 samzay is our ambassador okay this will be the last question um and so so george would you like to answer this question or is it a comment so samzik could you please uh could you please uh re indicate about this uh this concept oh okay uh actually mean yeah um i don't know of recent um, web theory has given access to a whole lot of cyber crimes yeah so more cyber crimes happening of recent due to the decentralization of web theory yeah so my question is is there an innovation or initiative on how to combat those cyber crimes from web theory space yeah or is web theory going to continue the traditional web one web two uh issue which is cyber crime Mm. So how do you deal with cyber crime basically the question? Yeah, you do with cyber crime by having full regulation of of um your the whole system um everything under full regulation being centralized um but with the web theory centralization is not possible so therefore it's going mm. to be difficult. So now um on this space i believe we are encouraging web theory we want more adoption on web theory but uh cyber crimes which has always been an issue ranging okay. from the traditional days how are we going to cope that all right um okay thank you so much for for your for your for your sharing and i think um our we are more than 20 minutes um overdue and thank you so much for staying with us and i think we need to wrap up uh, today's session now and um and please uh, follow all our speakers and and follow uh, myself and and you can turn on the notifications so when we have uh, the next twitter spaces panel and you you get notified and feel free to dm dm us if you have um any further um questions or or um if you are building a web3 applications and you want to know more about autoverse network and feel free to reach out to us as well or you want to um share your your insights in in the space and we welcome all these communications as well and thank you so much for um staying here with us all the audience and also a big thank you to all the speakers 
out there. And thank you for your insights and thank you for the inspirations. And I will see you next time.